0: Hello and welcome to our Crop Insurance Podcast hosted by Farm Credit Services of America, Frontier Farm Credit. This podcast includes trusted advisors who will focus on information you can apply to your own operation so you can make more informed decisions and ultimately take less risk and make more money. Well, hello everyone. Welcome back to our Crop Insurance Podcast. We're excited to be here with you again. My name is Bryce Furman and I lead our crop insurance team here in Northeast Iowa. So we have a great show for you today. We're going to be talking about private products. I know that may not sound very exciting, but I can assure you that the conversation today will make you think a little bit differently about these products and how you can apply them to your operation. The nice thing about today for me is I don't have to have a conversation with myself. I'm pleased to have our special guest, Jason Fink. Hey, Bryce. Why don't you go ahead and give us a little background on yourself for for our audience?
1: Well, thanks, Bryce. It's great to be here. Uh, My name is Jason Fink. I work out of the Mason City, Iowa office. I've been with Farm Credit since 2012 as a crop insurance agent. Grew up on a small, diversified farm in north central Iowa, about 30 miles south of Mason City. Before coming to Farm Credit, I worked for a large farmer-owned cooperative, working in ag retail. Worked in both grain and agronomy side of the business. Happy to be here.
0: All right. Well, thanks, Jason, for that intro. I really appreciate you giving us a little background of your knowledge and experience to your role. And thanks again for joining our podcast today. Let's start with this, Jason. What are these private products and why do they exist?
1: The easiest way to describe a private product is it's any insurance product that provides additional coverage to your multi peril insurance. That's the simple definition. I look at the most classic example of a private product that a lot of growers buy today, and that's hail insurance. Hail is not subsidized. So every company has a similar product, but the rates aren't all the same.
0: Well, Jason, I think that's an important distinction that you're right, that most of our customers use hail products each year and know how these work because they do use them each year. But supplemental products, on the other hand, are also private products and they cover something just a little bit different. Can we kind of go into maybe some of those differences and what that looks like?
1: Well, yeah, that's exactly right. And I think what we want to focus on today is the types of private products that have gained some traction over the last couple of years. And they help specifically to protect against price and yield. So they're in addition to your multi-apparel and work in unison with them.
0: Yeah, and I I like that you talked about how they've gained some traction over the last few years, and I think the reason is is there's been a lot of volatility to our markets, and to capitalize on that volatility, we really got to use these products to help our producers manage their risk. So you talked about the two different types, so let's talk about the differences in in those and the two types of products that are out there to enhance your multi-parallel coverage.
1: Sure. The first one, the best way to describe that is it gives the opportunity to increase the spring price. Thus, it increases your spring guarantee. We all know that the crop insurance spring price is set during the month of February. We're all looking at the December futures for the current year. It's basically as simple as adding to that spring price and then using the same math to increase your guarantee. The other type of private product gives you the ability to increase your trigger by buying an additional coverage band up to 95%.
0: Yeah, those are really the main two types of ways these private products work. And we know that there's multiple different products out there from different insurance companies, but a lot of them are based on those two types of different products. So I think it's important for us to point that out is the opportunity to increase the spring price, to increase your guarantee, and secondly, to increase your trigger by buying additional coverage band, which is really above and beyond your multi peril crop insurance. So again, Jason, they're not all the same from every company. Can we talk a little bit more about that?
1: Well, yes and no, they're the same with every company. Um, like I mentioned before, with hail coverage, the insurance companies fo- all follow the same general guidelines, but most of the time they have their own unique twists as to how they
0: work. Yeah, so we don't want to get into the, into the weeds too much here, but maybe we can just talk about a few examples where you've talked to some customers about this in the past,
1: Right. These products can be as in-depth or as simple as you want them to be. An example of a really simple one is a product that we uh, uh, some guys bought a couple years ago. It was called Gap. Um, This product's really simple in the fact that all you're doing is increasing your trigger yield from 85% that your multi-parallel covers up to 95%. Around here, and like I said, this is North Central Iowa, I don't wanna be uh, insensitive to our, uh, to our folks that are in uh, some lower yielding parts of the country. Um, if a grower has a 200 bushel APH, 85% of that would, would have a trigger yield of 170 bushel per acre. If you bought GAP with a 10% band with an 85 to 95% coverage, it would increase that trigger yield to 190 bushel per acre. Now, keep in mind, like I said, I'm in north-central Iowa. I realize that not everyone has these types of APHs, but it's all relative. And it's a great way to increase your trigger
0: yield. Yeah, I think that's a great example, Jason. So in essence, really from any region that you're in, you're getting an additional 10% coverage from the private product on top of your multi-parallel crop insurance. So I think that's good to point out. That type of coverage is that gap above your 85%. So how about another example? So you talked about maybe ways to increase the spring price. So let's talk about another example of where you've used that with one of your customers.
1: Well, one other example, and it's just coincidental that we're having this conversation with growers right now. It's a product called R-Powered. Obviously, there can be a lot of instability in the market, especially if we have a crop in the ground that's off to a great start. Historically, we see our best opportunities to price during the months of may june and july with our powered, you can set a price for next year's crop this sets a minimum net revenue floor for the following crop insurance period the nice part is if the february price is higher than the price you locked in today you would still get that higher spring price
0: yeah so that's a great example of that product jason and our powered was one of those products that you know we've been talking about for the last couple of years. And I just kind of wanted to break that down a little bit, that product. R-Powered is one of those products where we can increase our spring price or our projected price. And there's multiple ways you can do that with this product. And so I'm just going to point out maybe the three different ways you can do that. The first way you can do that is called added price option. The added price option allows you to buy up the spring price by, it can be whatever you choose, 10 cents, a quarter, whatever you want to do, and just set that and do that right from the beginning. And you can do that right away after that projected price is established. The second way you can do that is what you pointed out, Jason, is, okay, we see that opportunity in May, June, or July. Historically, we see that happen in those months and you can capture that market price of the day. So you quote it that day. And then you have until the next morning, you can capture that market price. And then the third way that you can do that is you can look at, okay, so historically those months of May, June, and July are typically when you see those spikes in price. You can buy all three of those months in two-week intervals. So you can, as a producer, I can say, well, you know, I think it's going to maybe happen in the last part of June. Well, I can buy those last two weeks of June as my pricing period to capture that price for my next year's crop. And so I think with R-Powered, we start talking about that and talking about different ways we can raise our spring price. Well, there's multiple ways you can do that. And R-Powered gives you the ability to do that. That's why it's a nice private product for some of those out there looking for a higher price.
1: Yeah, for those people that are familiar with the markets, uh, you can compare it to buying a put option. It sets a floor and it's, uh, it's a lot cheaper than buying a put on the board of trade.
0: Yeah, thanks for pointing that out, Jason. I think that's a good way to kind of weigh your options of, you know, whether you're using a private product through insurance, or you're going to use it through your marketing strategies. So Mm -hmm. I'm a customer, right? I'm hearing about these products. How do I know that these decisions will be right for me? What kind of things do I need to consider?
1: Well, the biggest thing that we want to have a conversation about at the very beginning, before we even really get too far in the weeds, is you got to know your cost of production. We harp on that very consistently, that it's hard to tell what the right price to lock in is if you don't know if that price is profitable. So the biggest thing is know your cost of production. We need to avoid locking in a loss. If the price today is 20 cents below what your break even is, we don't want you to buy that product today because it's it doesn't do you any good.
0: Okay, so I think that's important to point out. You talked about a few things where you're going to talk with a producer about their cost of production. You're going to talk about their pricing goals. So it's not a one-size-fits-all type thing, right? Because each individual is going to sit down and you're going to have different goals, different cost of production. I think that's really important to point out that if the product isn't right for them and they're able to meet their goals, then there's no really reason to go with these products. But if I'm a customer and I do need this, What can I expect you to say to me if we're going to talk about these?
1: If we go through that math and with your APHs and your cost of production and the spring price, if 85% covers your costs, then private products may not be for you. There may not be a reason to buy them. However, I've had growers tell me that I don't like buying 85% because I'm insuring the wrong half of the crop. I want to insure the profitable part. If that's the case, let's move that band up and cover that 85 to 95% band where you're insuring the profit.
0: That's a great point, Jason, because the difference between 85% and 100%, well, that's my profitable meter, right? That's my profitable meter to say, that's going to take me into covering my costs plus guaranteeing me a profit.
1: And this is so different from grower to grower, what their goals are. Um, Everybody looks at crop insurance a little bit differently, and we want to have a conversation with each one of our growers and find out not only what their price goal is, but what their coverage goal is. The other thing we want to do is we want to establish a risk floor as soon as possible. Like we said earlier, May, June, and July are typically the best time to price grain. We never said what year May, June, and July we have the tools that can look ahead a full year. And if that price is profitable or covers your cost of production, whatever your goal is, we want to make sure we relay that ability so guys have that option. And that goes right into executing on any opportunity to cover cost.
0: So in summary here, Jason, the couple things that I've written down here as you were talking is just the, maybe the four things we want to summarize this with is, finding out if this is the right decision for me with these products and the the ways we can do that are number one, avoid locking in a loss whenever possible. So that could be during the spring price period. Whenever we can, we want to avoid locking in a loss and we want to establish those risk floors as soon as possible. So if, if that's during the projected price period or if that's in the summer or if that's in the fall, whenever that is. And then that just helps us execute on any opportunities to cover our costs and meet our goals. And then lastly, we really just want to elevate our minimum guarantees whenever the market allows. We know the market is volatile out there. We know there's a lot of different costs associated with raising a crop. So whenever we can elevate our minimum guarantees, when the market allows, we need to capture that. And that's how we go about the conversation with our customers at Farm Credit. Well, Jason, I think you provided so much knowledge and expertise to the podcast today. I really appreciate you sharing examples with us and and sharing your knowledge. As we say at all the end of our podcasts, remember that your crop insurance policy gives you a guaranteed minimum crop insurance revenue. Nothing else in farming guarantees you money. We just encourage all of our listeners to reach out at the experts here at Farm Credit. Our insurance officers have the knowledge and expertise to guide you through these decisions. So to our listeners, thank you for joining us today. We hope you have a safe and prosperous week ahead.